diving course involved low-level jumps into water, where he pulled his own ripcord, but did so immediately upon exiting the aircraft. These Chavez called hop-and-pops. He'd been through five hop-and-pops so far. They had all gone according to plan, as evidenced by the fact Jack was not lying face-first, dead in some field in Maryland. And while he was by no means a natural— nor had he even graduated to his first freefall yet. He'd earned a few attaboys from John Clark, director of operations for the small unit. This in itself was quite an accomplishment, because John Clark knew his stuff. Before the campus, Clark had been a Navy SEAL, a CIA paramilitary officer, and the leader of a NATO special operations anti-terrorism force, and he had performed more covert and combat jumps than all but a few men on earth. Even though Jack had been doing hop-and-pops for the past two days, this morning's jump would be very different from the others, because as soon as he hit the water, he would swim to a nearby anchored yacht and join up with the other two men on the team already on board. Together they would perform a training assault on the vessel, which was filled with campus cadre performing the role of an opposition force. With just a few minutes before his jump, Jack looked across the cabin of the Cessna Grand Caravan at the two other men who would be involved in today's exercise. Dominic Caruso was head-to-toe in black, even his parachute harness, his goggles, and helmet. His chest rig was filled with 30-round 9mm magazines, and he wore a Sig Sauer MPX submachine gun with a silencer strapped behind his right shoulder. Jack knew that the mags for Dom's subgun and for the Glock pistol on his hip were filled with simunitions, bullets that fired a capsule full of paint instead of lead, but bullets nonetheless, which meant they still hurt like hell. Clark and Chavez's mantra was the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. Jack understood the saying, but the truth was he'd bled in training many times, and he'd bled in real fights as well. Jack was decked out in much the same gear that Caruso and Chavez wore, with a couple of notable exceptions. First, Jack wore swim fins strapped tight on his chest. He would put them on his feet when he hit the water. And second, The two men sitting across from Jack wore MC-6 parachute systems, special rigs outfitted with the SF-10A canopy designed for U.S. Special Forces that would allow them to fly great distances and land with precision, even giving them the ability to back up in the air. Jack's parachute, on the other hand, was a much more basic T-11 model, giving him very limited mobility. He'd fall at 19 feet per second and land pretty much where the aircraft's velocity, the wind, and gravity sent him. The other two guys were going to hit right on the deck of the boat, while Jack simply had to hop and pop and make sure he didn't miss the vast waters of the Chesapeake Bay directly below the aircraft. Jack was still in the training wheels stage, so he'd have to swim to meet up with the other men to take down the boat. It was a little embarrassing having to swim to the target, but he knew exactly zero other beginners to the world of skydiving ever incorporated mock combat assaults into their jumps on their second week of training, so he didn't feel too much like a lightweight. Ding Chavez sat next to Caruso facing Jack, and right now he wore a cabin headset so he could communicate with the flight crew, the regular pilot and co-pilot of the campus's Gulfstream G-550 jet. 
Helen Reed and Chester Hicks were slumming, flying the much less powerful and much less high-tech Cessna caravan, but they both enjoyed today's change of pace. Dom Caruso noticed that Chavez was in communication with the cockpit via the headset, so he leaned over to talk confidentially with Jack, speaking into his ear. You good, cuz? Hell yeah, man. They pumped gloved fists, Jack doing his best not to show his unease. Jack felt he pulled it off, because Caruso said nothing about Jack having a pasty white face or jittering hands. Instead, Caruso double-checked to make sure Chavez had his headphones on and couldn't hear any conversation between Jack and Dom. Then he leaned forward again. Ding says we're facing an unknown number of opposition at the target, but between you, me, and the lamppost, there are going to be five bad guys on that yacht. Jack cocked his head. How do you know that?